Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. It is entitled, Good Ground, Good Seed. Thank you, Mr. Cobb, and good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to our visitors, and uh, hopefully we have a lot of visitors online today. We have a number of people that traditionally tune in, and it seems like when our services are lower here, we have more on the Internet. Here this week, my wife was going through some things, getting rid of stuff. She, I think she's seen too many of these, uh, not too many, but she's seen some of these hoarding shows where people are, you know, and when she sees something, she says, hey, i got to go throw something away. So, so I think she even started in some of my stuff. She found a, a birthday card that one of my daughters wrote several years ago. We had four daughters, so I won't tell you which one it is. And uh, she wrote me a, a birthday card, and it's been 20-plus years ago. And uh, I couldn't read her writing very well, so I had to put it in print here. It says, Daddy, you have been the dad I've longed for for a long time. I've never, I never knew what, it was, what I was missing out on until I started being nicer to you. So any, any young people out here, you know, you, you're really missing a lot if you're not nice to your parents. But here's the rest of the story, the, the other half of it. Now all we have to do is work on you being more lenient with me, and we'll have a perfect relationship. So she did her part, and I don't know if I ever did mine or not, but we've got a pretty good relationship with all of our daughters. But anyway, you know, most of us know, most people that study the Bible uh, realize that Jesus did a lot of uh, uh, analogies and, and uh, speaking in parables, a lot of things. And a lot of people think that Jesus spoke in parables basically to bring out a truth. That's not true. Most of the time when he preached to and talked to the public, he gave, an, he gave uh, parables to hide the truth, and then his disciples would get him, you know, behind closed doors or so to speak, and by himself, and, and reveal, you know, what the real meaning is. And there's one that I wanted to look at, and we've, we've looked at these a number of times over the years, but I wanted to, for my own sake anyway, go back, because I, I need to be reminded of some of these things. And uh, you go back to... Uh, Matthew the 13th chapter and uh, rather than skipping around a whole lot on different scriptures I'm going to stay pretty close to to this and uh, there's so many uh, parables in there but I, I don't think I'll get into too many of them I want to get into the first one and just kind of see how things go uh, Matthew the 13th chapter and verse 1 The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the, on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, and, and if any of you have ever been out to the lake very much, uh, you know, especially when you've got a little bit of a slope, you can you really hear out there on the lake. We used to go camping a lot when Fran and I were younger. We had a trailer, and we'd take kids out, and and it's amazing how you can hear. You know, it's just like a amphitheater out there. You can hear people all the way across the cove, all the way, you know, late at night. You know, maybe a half a mile, a mile across. You could hear the people laying, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning having parties and all that. You could hear. 
So Jesus understood that, and, and, and he was speaking to the people from a little boat out there. Saying unto them, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, or fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell on, upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth, and went. when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And most of us can pretty well understand that, but of course we know the, the rest of the story too. And some, of the, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. says, who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came unto him, or came and said unto him, why speak you in, uh, to them in the parables? And he answered and said unto them, because it is given to you, you know, and you could be saying, uh, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So in spite of what so many people today think that, Jesus is out trying to save the entire world right now in this day and age is not true. There's so many scriptures that confirm that Jesus is not out after everyone right now. Eventually, he will be, but right now he's not. But he said, it's given to you to understand, but to them it is not given. For whosoever has, to him shall it be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. And I did a little more research into that word, and the word there that who he has, you know, the he that has not. And I used to think, well, it's kind of unfair. You didn't give them very much. Well, the principle is, it's not that they don't have very much. It's the fact of what they did with what they had. You know, they didn't do the increase. And so anytime you see scriptures that are similar to that, it's not that they didn't have very much, and so you can't expect them to increase very much. It's just the fact that they didn't do anything with it. That's what the word means. And it has, you know, probably 20 or 30 different possible, little short possible meanings in English. But the overall meaning is, in that context, that they just didn't do anything. One had uh, very little, didn't do very much with it. Verse 13, Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they see, seeing not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. That's somewhat like me today, hearing. I don't hear very well. One of my hearing aids is in the shop. I had sent it in, what was yesterday or day before yesterday, and the other one's on the blink. So uh, my hearing's not too good, and I don't have to hear right now. I can, you know, I can, uh, you guys need to hear. Or maybe I should hear what I'm saying. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Elijah, uh, Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, 
and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So a person that has the idea that Jesus and God's out uh, trying to save everybody right now, that scripture doesn't sound very good, does it? But anyway, we know that he's not. But blessed are your eyes, and blessed are our eyes. I think we see. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous, righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. So even a lot of the prophets and people of old did not understand the, pro, the uh, uh, plan that God has. They didn't really fully understand, and they, they wanted to hear. We'll go here a little bit over to uh, uh, First Peter, first chapter, and just give you an example. It kind of goes with that. There are a lot of others, but I'm not going there. First Peter, one nine through twelve, breaking in. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired. And search diligently, the prophets, many of them, search diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And to whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, it wouldn't reveal to them, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, and listen to this part here, which things even the angels did desire to look into. So even the desire, angels at one time really didn't understand that, didn't understand what we understand. Going back to... Uh, Matthew 13 chapter again and starting with uh, verse 18 hear you therefore the parable of the sower so here's Jesus fixing to explain to what it really means when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not then comes under and understanding it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in their hearts. This is he which was received, which received seed by the wayside. And there are a lot of people can hear the same voice that we've heard over the years. Many years ago, the big thrust of the churches of God was basically through the radio program. Many years ago, you know, it started in what, 40s, 50s, and 60s and and uh, they had a lot of booklets and stuff they sent out but anyway but a lot of people would sit side by side and hear the same things we would hear even some of the people we have in here right now was commissioned by some of their parents or or, or someone in their family to uh, look into this is this true is this true I think even Lucille had a situation like that where 
was it your father that uh, was listening to the radio or li watching the okay and uh, she proved it said yeah this is true you know she come around been around for 50 60 years and her father never did but anyway so a lot of people have same opportunities but uh, they they didn't come around Verse 20, he that received the seed unto stony places, the same as he that hears the word and with joy received it, yet he had not root in himself, but endured for a while, for when the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. So we know people ourselves that ended up uh, really excited at one time about the Word of God, excited about the truth, but, and maybe even tried to keep the Sabbath. I know in the early days, my wife and I, when we first understood it, first few years, uh, we didn't understand. We were excited about it, and we, we were excited about, you know, you don't go to hell and burn forever. We, we understood the fact that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to live millions of years, thousand, first thousand years here on Earth, but we didn't have the strength to uh, uh, quit working on the Sabbath. You know, I was working Friday nights at the time, and, and uh, so, you know, my, my roots weren't very deep. And I'm thankful that God uh, endured with us, and, you know, was patient with us for a long time, you know, even though we academically felt that Saturday was the Sabbath. But uh, we weren't ready. We didn't have deep enough roots, and, we, and he knew that he had to pour out a little more fertilizer I guess on us I don't know what it is but and a lot of people are that way but uh, unfortunately a lot of people don't make it you know they just give up and they don't have the uh, the root system to support uh, being loyal to God here's one he verse 22 he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The way it looks to me, you may look at it a little different, but the way it looks to me, uh, it be it was fruitful somewhat, but it became unfruitful. Is way what it looks like to me. Uh, it, you know, it's it just uh, the deceitfulness. You know, boy, I've got to have this. I've got this opportunity for a job. I can't do it, but it's involving, you know, my relationship with the church. It's involving my relationship with God, and the deceitfulness of, of the world and the sins just choked it out. The weeds choked it out. And it was. I thought about that a number of times. When, uh, well, maybe I'll get in that a little bit. But, but he that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. You know, in, in most of our cases, uh, we're very glad, you know, it, it hit on good soil. We, we've had good soil. Either, otherwise, we wouldn't be here as many years as we have been. It's been on good soil. That the thing I was that intrigued me not necessarily about the, uh, the exact wording of that, but in life, you know, we have to look at how things happen in in life, and I've seen good soil and good fruit 
in, in the physical world go bad. And we've seen also uh, people that are in the church that have had good soil, we've thought were strong people that bear fruit, and they go bad. Uh, when I was younger, uh, my parents, my dad had a plot of land off west of our house over there, I don't know, maybe two or three acres, but it uh, really took a lot of care in it, really uh, plowed and harded and, you know, fertilized it and did all things, and it had really good, uh, good crops in there, had a number of different kinds of crops, but eventually we didn't take care of it thorns would start coming in from the wood. We had trees on the north and trees on the south, and uh, they would come in. And over the years, uh, with lack of putting anything into it and taking care of the, the property, it was actually overrun. It was good soil, and, and, but it was overtaken. And I think in some cases, if we're not careful, I know it's it been in my case at times, I had to really take notice you know, this can be a weed. This can be something that will take my attention away from God. So I, I, I really think about that quite a bit. Not that I'm fearful of it. But even, even good ground must be, must be maintained. The weeds must be kept out and the thorns picked back. And good ground, even after a while, you know, even when you take care of it and plow it and all that, it still once in a while needs to be fertilized, needs to be uh, pushed a little bit. One way to do that in the physical life, spiritual life, is to stay close to God. Be in the church regularly as much as we can. We really need to be in church. Regular personal Bible study is, is a another way to fertilize the ground that we are, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is a part of us. Regular prayer. And we've heard these so many times, you may even get tired of me even saying it, that, you know, prayer, Bible study, and attending church, and fellowshipping with one another, and praying for one another, all helps to fertilize. Run over to Second uh, Peter this time. Second Peter 1, verse 3 through 10. This is another scripture. I, for some reason, I never get tired of it. I, I, I may overuse it somewhat, but I, I, I use it a great deal. I'm thinking about it. Uh, uh, verse 3, Second Peter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us into glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, here's another way of fertilizing, add to your faith virtue, you know, I don't know, permiculite, uh, what's, what's all the different kinds uh, of fertilizer you put out, I don't know what, what that would, uh, Gary might know, he's a farmer, I guess. And, uh, but anyway, uh, add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, 
and to temperance, patience, and to patience, good godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. All these things that we can do, we need to, and you could put a name on each one of these if you want to, put some type of fertilizer. I know one time uh, when we first uh, moved in this building out here, what, 1991, I believe it is, it's been, what, 20-some years ago since we moved here, and the trees around here were real small at that time. You know, they were just, the people that built the building uh, had planted some, and we moved in in the middle of summertime. They were just getting good and hot, and uh, the trees were beginning to uh, look a little withered, you know, how they do in the summertime in Oklahoma. And uh, me having my carpet cleaning unit with hoses and stuff on it, and I had a lot of garden hoses, and I had a lot of vacuum hoses, and all that, so it was only a natural thing. I don't mean to be self-righteous, it was just natural. You know, since I had the stuff and we had outside water spigots, I would come out and, you know, a couple of times a week and water our different ones and uh, uh, got to realizing there for a while, well, you know, these things could need fertilizer. I remember putting fertilizer on my pecan tree out that I had out back uh, that I'd planted from a, from a little seedling of some, uh, 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 a family in the Worldwide Church that we were part of. I uh, had a pecan tree, and they gave me, when they, they brought a tree in, and it was about this long, about, you know, maybe 10 inches, 12 inches long, and at the end of that root, it still had a pecan on it, you know, so I knew it was a pecan tree. Well, the thing's, what, 40-some years now, but anyway, make a long story short, it wasn't growing too, too good, so I put some of these uh, Job spikes in there, fertilizer spikes in there, and boy, I mean, it just really did good. And I thought, well, it did that. You know, I'm going to fertilize some of these trees we have out here and give them a shot in the arm. Well, I didn't realize the fertilizer I was giving did pretty good on some, but uh, on some of the little oak trees, it killed them. You know, I, I thought, you know. But anyway, the principle was, you know, that, that fertilizer does help. And uh, I guess you could use another analogy on that. Well, maybe if we're putting stuff into our mind, what, what are we putting in our mind? We might think it's fertilizer. We might think it's, uh, in some cases, positive thinking. Some, some aspects of psychology can be bad. Some psychology is good. I'm not against psychology. I, you know, the Bible is full of a lot of psychology, reverse psychology, and all that. But, but, but we have to be careful, too, to, that we don't uh, poison ourselves and, and uh, uh, Kill, kill the fruit that we're, we're growing. Uh, I don't know how I digressed over there. Uh, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, for these, for these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, remember, unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he that lacks these things, and you could almost say that we're going back into unfit soil, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. We must give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. And I've read this, I read this, you know, probably at least once a year. 
because I have to remind myself, and if I'm preaching to myself, I can preach out loud, and maybe somebody else will hear it too, that, you know, we have to be diligent. We're living, and we've heard many, many messages the last few months about how perilous times are here, how horrible things are getting, how bad things are getting, and we can be drugged down if we allow our minds to go the wrong way. We have to be close to God. Satan knows that he has but a short time. We have to be close. We can't uh, just take it for granted that things are going to continue to go. And uh, we have the faith, we have the confidence to know that uh, in us is stronger than he that's in the world. So we have, and, and so many scriptures says, you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So, you know, we have a lot of promises. We, the, the, it's, it's a positive thing also. In conclusion, I'm, and like I said, I'm not going. There's some really good messages in some of these other uh, um, uh, proverbs uh, that uh, are parables. I'm sorry, parables that Jesus said, and they're really good. And there'll be some uh, good messages on them on their own. But uh, we have been given tremendous blessings, and I think all of us would agree. You know, it's such a blessing to understand what we understand, to know that we're safe. We know that we're going to be in God's kingdom if we continue on the right way. And we know that we're so privileged that all of the people out here that could have the knowledge that we have, and we realize that Jesus was selective on whom he called, and you are one of them. You're one of them. You're one of them. And I'm one of the people that God called and gave this understanding, and he prepared us in some ways with good soil, good good uh, ground to to put his word in because he knew that we would um, uh, uh, grow by that. God knows that we would grow by it. Or he, otherwise, he wouldn't call us into this way. So we have been so privileged to know, and even with the trials, even the problems that we have, and all of us have problems, either have had problems as... Uh, I can't remember the person I quoted here a while back. Uh, we're either coming out of a problem, we're in a problem, we're fixing to go into a problem. And we know people right now that are having horrible, horrible problems, even in the church, that, you know, that, that's sapping the energy. It's just absolutely sapping the energy of some of our brethren. And that's one reason why we need to be close to each other. We need to be a part of the church. We need to know what's going on. We don't need to get into a gossip session and says, oh, you need to pray for so-and-so because they've got this problem. I, I know people in, in the world have done that. I had some, uh, people years ago that they weren't in the church. They said, you need to pray for so-and-so. They, you know, they, they've got this horrible problem here. Well, that's not what we're talking about. That we do, you know, fellowshipping one another. And just like uh, on the scripture says on our bulletin, you know, when we have a prayer request, you know, Confess our weaknesses, our problems with one another. Let each other know what problem we have. I'd, you know, I'd whole lot rather have a lot of you people out here that are closer to God maybe than I am, that are reaching out to God, and he hears your prayer for me. You know, I love that. And I made a comment one time here a few years ago. We were at the Feast of Tabernacles in uh, San Antonio, and... and uh, uh, I had a bad sinus infection. I couldn't smell, couldn't taste. And I could eat a big old steak, and it just, you know, just just like eating cardboard. And I made a comment. I gave a message down there, and I said, "Boy, I wish my voice was like this all the time, because boy, it's good and deep, you know, kind of like Edward Dirksen, you know, if you remember him." And 
I said, I, you know, I like my voice that way. Well, uh, last day of the feast, I came into the fellowship hall, and the, or not fellowship hall, but in the uh, lobby where the motel was, I mean, where the meeting was, and a couple of these old lady, older ladies, I was young then, probably 10 years younger, 30. Anyway, uh, one of them said, boy, you still got your sinus infection, don't you? said, uh, you mind if I pray for you? And I thought she would, you know, pray for me at home or something. And I said, sure, yeah. Well, she stopped right there, right there in the hallway and prayed for me. Lo and behold, that afternoon, my sinus infection cleared up. And on the way home, we stopped at a, a steakhouse in Austin, Texas. And I had the best steak. I mean, I, but you know, that old lady's prayer worked for me. I, I don't deny that at all. So, if, you know, I know some of you out here, uh, really, uh, at times, can get through to God when, when maybe we can't do it personally. And, and I appreciate your prayers, and, and I know you appreciate our prayer. But anyway, we've been given tremendous blessings of God, of the truth. It's such a fabulous thing. Let's do our best to make our good ground fruitful. We've been given good ground, and let's, let's do our best to... Put the fertilizer that we can in there and make, make it profitable to all men.